Welcome back to Bit Different, everybody. This is Satine. And this is Rob. Hi. Hi, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I made a big mistake by telling you to speak up. Yeah, I'm going to be yelling this entire podcast, but there's a reason I should be yelling anyway, because it's post-Comic-Con. Are you still riding high off the Comic-Con excitement? I had a fucking amazing time. Yeah? Well, tell me about it. What have you been up to? (laughs) Comic-Con. Yeah, I was at Comic-Con, as if you follow the freaking podcast um, Instas. You would see photos. Lots of photos. Of all the magic that I got to do while I was there. And I'm going to kind of intertwine this with the whole podcast so I don't like spend an hour just talking about this. Okay. But some highlights. Mm -hmm. Um, We stayed at a haunted hotel, which was the same hotel that I stayed with Travis in 2015 for half of our stay. So we went from one hotel to the next halfway through, which was amazing because it's like walking distance, like a couple blocks from the clubs, the con, everything. So it was pretty amazing. Um, had a cool roommate named Emma. She was a Harry Potter fan also. We, none of us knew her, but we needed a fourth person for the room. Mm. So we got her and she was cool. She had green hair. Yeah, you appear to be alive. So if she was an ex-murderer, she, she kill killed me. someone else. Yep. She's from Kansas. So she probably went home and killed them instead because <laughs> who would want to kill somebody from California, right? right. And, um, all I have to say is I drank a lot and I had a girl. Went to a, a lot of parties. I was going to say I partied a lot, but that has a different connotation now. It does. Yeah. So I can't say that because that didn't happen. I'm not that cool, first of all. But um, so, yeah, I went to the Wired party the first day all day long. And then that night I went that's to- That's pronounced weird, by the way. Is it? No, that's a Simpsons joke, though. Oh. <laughs> Homer gets in. He's like, oh, my God, the new ep- the new issue of Weird Magazine. He starts reading it and just laughing at it as if it's, like, it's full of jokes. It's a tech magazine. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, oh, Inspiration Superhighway. <laughs> Wait a minute. Weird isn't a magazine, is it? He actually does come to his senses. Sorry. Oh. So you went to the Wired Party. Yeah, well, I went to the Wired Party. It's a day drinking thing. Saw a lot of people who I see in past cons that so it's kind of like a, like a mixer almost, you know? And um, then at night, I did the Project Alpha party. Do you know what Project Alpha is? No. It's the pay-to-view... Um, uh, Porn. Broadcast that Nerdist and Legendary oh. do, their digital media. And um, so I went there, and that was a lot of fun, and that was at Flux, so the nightclub that Travis and I went to his first night, with, like, and they had all the Star Wars stuff. Mm. This time it was dressed as oh, lost yeah, they, in space. They, yeah, they had like the the carbonite Han Solo like carbonite in the air or whatever last time, right? Yeah. Like above the dance floor. It, that was the best year though, because they've never dressed it. Because it was Adam Savage who donated all of his props and pro and like collection to that room. He donated the um, Rancor that was there, the carbonite, the. There were the Indiana Jones, the Mystic Eggs from the second one. And the reason why he's never done it again is because some motherfucker stole one of the damn eggs. Or not eggs, the stones. Chintara stones or whatever they're called. Oh. Yeah, from his collection. Because they were on open display. Like, you can go in and touch and he didn't mind. But somebody stole one. So that's never going to happen again. So thank you, assholes. Anyhow, so this year it was just... um, a party basically and then uh second night legendary party 
and wrote the robot from Lost in Space was DJing with like two <laughs> other DJs, so that was pretty cute. And they had like Nerdist and Legendary Ice sculptures. And then the third night was the Bizarre States party, and that was probably my favorite because Bizarre States, as I've said before, is Jessica Chobot's podcast. And it reached its 200th episode. What? And so it was a celebration. It was so cute. It's sponsored by, um, obviously, Legendary, but Pizza Hut. So it was like pizza everywhere. And those that huge, sounds amazing. It was so good. Huge pizza cookies floating around. It was pretty dope. Well, I wasn't that jealous about not being there until now. Until now. Because, yeah, I got to hang out and talk with Jessica for a little bit. Did so she say nice. nice things about me? She loves you. She doesn't really remember me, does she? You're the voice of the god. I did say her name a bunch of times <laughs> in February. Yeah, and... Uh, and her co-host complimented my ability on how to say his name. Oh. Oh, yeah. Greg I, Miller was very... I'm like, I can't remember his name. He was like, <laughs> you sound good. And I was like, thank you. Because yeah. I just kept saying, like, once again, Greg Miller and Jessica Chobot. Did you say, by the way, I do a podcast. That's why I sound so good. I did not. No. Well, you no need to. My my voice sounded like this until we started podcasting, though. So really, it was the podcast that turned it all around. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I was straight up squeaky voice teen. Yeah. You were a Simpsons character. I was. And, um, oh, but the other thing that Bizarre Estates had at the party was a mystic reader. So he, you could choose either a tarot read or you could choose a bone reading. And he, you know, you oh, take like the roll bone. the chicken bones. Uh-huh. I was thinking like they read your bones. No. I was like, there's an X-ray text. I was just about to explain it. But sorry, yes. my bad. No, yes. Yeah. So roll them bones. His name's Mystic Dylan. If you want to look him up, he is apparently really legit. That's why they brought him there to Comic Con. And um, so the reason I chose the bones is because how often do you get bones you never read? get a chance to read the bones. No, it's so like it's the like, tea leaves. It's just not a thing you get to read very often. Yeah. So why would I want tarot? So, what was the verdict? Well, my question was more career based because mm. you didn't. You could have had a general read or a career based read, and um, it looks bright. My future. He, That's w- good. he went into detail and some things, but I mean, it's like a four minute read because there's a line. You yeah, know? you can't like take up all his time. But um, yeah. Uh, but the way you do it is he has this kind of like. It's not a pentagram, but it's like a dissected mat. Uh-huh. And um, you take this, the, a shell, and the bones are in the shell, and you put your hand over it and put your energy into it, and then you toss it upon, toss it or drop it or however, whatever your energy is doing. It's kind of who you are. That's probably how he catches on to what kind of person you are, is how you drop the bones onto that. And then um, depending on where they're placed on this, this grid, or I don't even know what to call it, but this map, mm-hmm. basically, yeah, that's um, good. is how he'll able to read your fortune. That's fun. So it's really cool. This is starting to sound more and more like a Stefan joke from SNL. Don't go there. This party has it all. (laughs) 200 episodes, a Pizza Hut sponsorship. Oh, is that Natalie Portman? No, that's That's a man reading chicken bones that we call Mystic Dylan. (laughs) Like, it's very much a a Stefan gag at this point. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which is probably why it was so good. Because yeah, it was so bizarre. And then there were human Roombas. Yeah. What are those? It's a little person who walks around on the floor eating garbage. <laughs> Do the laugh. <laughs> yeah. Cover, cover your... You have to tent... Cover yeah. your face. Because you're not so much hiding your mouth as you, you are tenting your secrets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Stefan. I miss him. Tenting your secrets. That's yes. a good way to put it. Oh, I miss that gag so much. But yeah, whenever you start listening... So, it's 200 episodes. Pizza Hut. <laughs> there was a dance party. Seriously. Best DJs in town. <laughs> yeah, so it was pretty fun. I had a good time. And, um, yeah. <laughs> it's got it all. Jessica Chobot as a blonde. Yeah. I still can't get used to that. Oh, she looks great. She does. Yeah. But I still can't get used to it. She let me touch it. Oh, whoa. It's very luscious. She was always so, so dark and mysterious. Though, yeah. So I was not used to, to, you know, a little bit more flashy of a look. Yeah. She looks great. Yeah. I mean, she's stunning. Well, yeah, she's beautiful. She could wear pink short buzz cut and she'd look amazing. Yeah, she, so. could, she, could do what, she could do what she wants. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to skip around a little bit more. So, actually, no, that's all I'm going to say about my experience. Because I didn't go to any panels. Okay. I've yet to go to a panel at Comic-Con. I have used to. I went for, what, three years in a row and I've never gone to a panel. Well, this is the first year in who knows how long that you could actually get into Hall H without sleeping out there. Really? Yeah, Lauren got in. He just walked on in. Wow. They um, are very tight on security this year. You can't even go past the train tracks because I don't know if anybody has been to a con, but it's on the waterfront at the convention center and it's separated by train tracks amtrak and their own like city you know so you it's hard to kind of cross because there's only like three areas you can cross yeah but anybody could go up there up to the convention center before and just show their badge and get in but now that's all blocked off unless you have a badge you can't even get past the train tracks. that actually kind of i think is probably better made it so much easier to traverse like yeah outdoor area because yeah the outdoor area outside of like badge collection is always a fucking mess oh my god it was yeah but this year was smooth sailing and the floor was really busy but i feel like the traffic was moving they're very about movement so i slow down they're gonna go hey you gotta keep going i'm always very impressed by the interior of comic-con because yeah it's full of people it's full of booths and but like compared to like the convention i had the most experience with is e3 yeah. E3, have you been to E3? Uh, yes. Okay, so, like, you can probably vouch for this. It's dark, it's loud, yeah, and overstuffed with people. Comic-Con, for some reason, like, yeah, they, the movement's there. It's full of people, but everyone's moving, everyone's friendly, Um, it's well-lit, and to be honest, just because booths aren't bumping trailers and music and strobing lights at you and yeah. just all this noise, like... You can actually carry on a conversation. I've answered the phone in Comic-Con and had a conversation with somebody just because it's relatively quiet. Yeah, compared, for com- the most part, I think... You the, know, compared to cons where there's, like, trailers blasting everywhere. Yeah, I would for I would guess the difference would be not only that I think the San Diego Convention Center is larger. Yes. Like, the size. I think so. But I also believe that because there are so many experiences at E3 and every, like, company has their own, like, experience i mean comic-con has a ton of them too but 
because the convention's smaller and they have like these like things you have to wait for, I think that kind of jams up the the rows. Well, Comic Con is smart enough to have a lot of their experiences that have a lot of like AV content and like loud experiential shit. Yeah, off site. Yeah. Like they're very smart about that. And yeah, E3, like more and more stuff's moving off site at E3. But like just given that video games, like you know, most booths have at least sixteen to thirty different stations which have you know tvs with games on them and like just so yeah i feel like there's a lot of places for lines to spring up and also just like the fact they usually have a giant you know like not movie theater size but giant screens on every booth because they're just trying to get your attention yeah oh you're on your way to the activision booth but look what microsoft has it's big it's flashy it's loud come over like there's a lot of that just desperate grab for attention from everybody and comic-con's more of like you got time Come yeah. over. Come on down. You can chat with the artist. He's right here. You should have seen my kissing booth line. Oh. It was tragic. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you stop giving people the kiss of death all the time. Uh, I feel like yeah. you're kind of channeling Poison Ivy here. Like, yeah. Am I? A little bit. My hair still has Comic-Con in it. It's like eight days of dirt. <laughs> all right. That's that's you, more info than I needed to have. Yeah. Well, whatever. It still looks okay. It does. Ish. Except this weather sucks. Oh, it's hot as balls in LA right now. It was hot in San Diego at 85, but this is disgusting. At least San Diego has the whole thing going for it that it's, you know, San Diego. It had the breeze. Right by the water. It it, it wasn't humid for some reason. I guess it doesn't get humid over there as much. But it was humid, but not as much as here. Well, it's been muggy in LA. Yeah, gross. But the one thing about San Diego is it is a total bro factory. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of gross. But aren't you kind of into bros? I'm into them, but not when they're grouped um, into little so you, clusters. So you like when one of them wanders off from the group so you can attack? Well, no, because that's when they are nice. It's when they're in a group. They have to like go, hey, yeah. look at that. Sexy bad man. <laughs> yeah, and it's not fun. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to think if I had any bad experiences. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about those, though. All right, then. Yeah. So, so, but overall, A+. Plus, a+, nice. plus for Comic-Con this year. And I went in thinking it would get, like, a D-, minus because <laughs> my hopes, my high hopes were real low, so. Nice. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Comic-Con. Okay. Okay, you're tenting your, the front part of your face. You're tenting your secrets. <laughs> what, what is happening? Well, let's just talk about things that happened first. Okay. What happened to James Gunn? Oh. That's more news. That's not what we're up to. Well, it may be news for you, but I was there when it happened. Oh, really? I mean, like, but, like, technically if you were there when it happened, that would have been, like, eight years ago when he tweeted it. No, but I was at Comic-Con. When when everyone rallied around him? When... He wasn't allowed to go up on stage. Oh, or he he wasn't allowed to show his face. I just read the articles about the tweets, and... It was the talk of Comic-Con, by the way. Well, it, like, honestly, it's really weird that that's a thing that's happening right now. Because, like, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have all the facts because I, I wasn't at Comic-Con. I wasn't privy to anything that happened there. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I read the tweets. First off, they're not funny. That's a bummer. If you're going to make a joke, at least make it funny. Yeah. Um, his jokes weren't. And they were out of context and weird. But, like, so. But fun fact, though. Six years ago, like, a very liberal sort of person found those or whatever and made a big deal of it. And he apologized 
six years ago for those tweets. And we, as a people, moved on. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like it's a very, con- I, from what I've, hear, I've heard, I think it's a conservative sort of group that started making a very big deal of these tweets. Yeah, And it's like, he's already sort of paid the piper on this. Like, he, it was brought up six years ago, we made a big deal of it, we all moved on. And now for some reason it's back, and then Disney was instant to drop him, which is crazy and i do love the fact that everybody has rallied around him and like there was uh, an actress that has that he's directed that literally like chimed in she was like no of all the people like he's he's a good one don't do this to him well i don't know him i know people who know him very well and not people he works with people he's been on with an intimate level that i've known and he's not a good person oh really yeah, mm. from well, what I understand. Well, it's like, I mean, just looking at his previous work before Guardians of the Galaxy, you can tell he's a man who just, like, he makes jokes, off-color jokes. The word God complex came up. Uh, well, the thing is, but that's not what the tweets are about. No, it's not. The tweets it's are not. about jokes about pedophilia. I don't care if he's a monster, but, like, this is more, I mean, I guess I do care. I was going to say, because, yeah. But, like, should. the tweets, like, he got fired for the tweets. Yeah, no, He didn't get true. fired for, like, his... You know, for for if he's shitty to people off the internet. Off the internet. But, like, thing is, if you even look at his output before uh, before Guardians of the Galaxy, when he was doing movies like Super and Slither, like, and, um, I mean, he, I think he came from Trauma. Like, he's a, like, he's... Oh, he came from Trauma? I, I think, oh, probably. I think he did stuff with Trauma. And so, like, I don't really think you're allowed to be shocked if anyone with that sort of pedigree behind them yeah. makes off-color jokes, like, that's what he lived in until he made PG-13 family-friendly comic book movies. But here's the thing. You keep those things to yourself. Oh. Or you tell your friends, but you don't tell the fucking world. Oh, I'm a firm believer in watching what you tweet. Yeah. Like, I'm the voice of reason in my household, always like reminding Todd like that whole policy of like do not yeah. post anything on the internet that you do not want broadcast like on television. Like the one I just posted about how PlayStation Network sucks ass. <laughs> All right then. Um but yeah like I mean it's the same sort of thing like you know I I've heard a thousand times just from working in corporate settings. And I work in creative corporate settings where like there's a lot a little bit more leeway. I've still been told by everyone Never write anything in an email that you are not comfortable getting broadcast on television. And that is a completely fair statement. And if you're angry, sleep on it. Totally. Or, like, meet with somebody in person. Call them. There's a lot of things you can do that don't have a record. Yeah. Like, don't email. Don't tweet. Like, uh, like, just, yeah, and I don't know, like... Of course, that was also, that was 2010. Who knew knew if Twitter was going to become what it did? Well, this went really dark really fast. That's my fault. Yes. So I'm going to bring us back up a notch. I literally said it wasn't time to talk about that yet. I'm going to bring us back up a notch because that's who I am. I like the roller coaster of life, Rob. That's what I am. The roller coaster of life. Well, you were an unexpected drop on this ride. I was not expecting. (laughs) So I have some more bad news, though. Fucking hell. Please tell me it's at least the theme to what we normally talk about in the section of the podcast. There was less cosplay than normal this year. Why? I don't know. I think people are now just like... Think of security stuff? No, I think they're happier to just wear their shirts that are printed with the, like, they look like their superhero chest. Well... It's like t-shirts. Probably much cooler. 
No. I did see some clouds. I mean, I meant cool heat wise. Oh yeah, heat wise, yeah. So, but the convention center is freezing when you go in there, so it's fine. I could be living in a freezer and still sweat through everything I'm wearing. Well, I can't. <laughs> like, but yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a generally hot person. Okay, but I did see a lot of great cosplay, nonetheless. And the one though that was amazing that I didn't get to take a picture of was Mercy in her. Her um Chinese New Year. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was like um, what's it's like a geisha skin almost. It, I I'd is, have. Is it not a Lunar New Year thing? I don't know because she has her Lunar New Year dress, but she has one like in Kabuki makeup. Oh, that's separate. Anyway, this um, cosplayer was dressed as her with the wings out, and it was pretty magical. The best cosplay I've ever seen at Comic Con was. Uh, Lisa and Ralph Wiggum when they are dressed as Florida and uh, Idaho, respectively. Oh my gosh. Have you, do you remember that episode? Was it season, what, two? No, no, that's like season probably seven. It's when um, Marge has a gambling problem. I haven't made it that far. <laughs> it's like Marge has a gambling problem, and she's spending all of her time at Mr. Burns' casino, and oh. she's supposed to help Lisa with her costume, where at, they're doing like a school thing where everyone is dressed up as a state. So Homer makes... Lisa's costume. costume and it's like the most depressing Florida thing like it's terrible you would think Lisa would know how to sew she can do everything she's only eight she can do everything um and uh and at the end of the the you know pageant or whatever it is they give a special sort of recognition to the two students with the worst costumes because they clearly didn't get any help or whatever, or like the honorable mention sort of thing. Uh, yeah. And so Lisa gets one of them, and the other one is Ralph Wiggum, who's dressed like himself with a small piece of cardboard taped to him in the shape of the state that literally says Ohio, or uh, it says Idaho on it or whatever. I think it's a, it's Idaho. Oh, my god. And they're like, all right, so we give this to Lisa and Ralph. He goes, I'm Idaho. And he's like... Sure are. Like, <laughs> you sure are, but yeah, kid. The, the, two, the two of them were actually in the Bongo booth, which is the Matt Groening-owned comic imprint uh, last Comic-Con I went to. Cute. It was amazing. It was a good one. It was like a deep-cut Simpsons cosplay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That sounds like a... Yeah, I did see some um, Simpsons cosplay next to the Tap Out oh, really? booth. Not booth. It, it was kind of an experience. But it was a fun, the giant hand coming the out of the wall. Because you're tapping into yeah. Springfield. Well, you're like the hand of God. Even like the splash image on the phone when you fire it up is a giant hand and Homer's running from it. Oh, that's what they were posing as when I was watching it. Because yeah, every time you fire up the game, you see Homer running from this oh God hand God. coming down that's at him. so cute. I didn't have somebody with me at the time to take a picture of me with <sighs> the finger. I wanted to like bend over in front of it. Jesus. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Nah. She's not. No. But um, <laughs> on another note, I have more sad news. Fucking hell. Should I just leave so you can have, like, the sad hour? No, this involves you. Fucking... Why, why, why are you dragging me into this? I didn't get your vinyls. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because Rob... Remember last week, Rob um, asked for the Big Trouble in Little China vinyl. And the Castlevania, yeah, Castlevania. Rondo of Blood. Well, I didn't get you vinyls. But I got you something cutesy. Let me go grab it. Oh, okay then. This isn't sad then. Well, it's yes, it's sad you didn't get what I asked for, but I appreciate that you thought of me. Anyway, so I'm going to fill this time now while she runs back. Um, she's moving very fast, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Oh my god, it's one of those giant Comic-Con bags that is like, I shit you not, like two feet wide by three feet tall of a giant pug face eating a donut. And it says Pugly, that's the it brand. Does. Oh my god. And Slime Rancher's on the other side, which is a game. I don't know that game. It's a video it's game. It's cute. Yeah, I have it on Xbox. It was a freebie with the games the gold. And I can sense something inside of it. Yeah. Yes, you do sense. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious to have that. It's another, pu- it's a pugly blind box <gasps> where pugs look like food and there's a farting one on the back of the box. <laughs> but, oh my God, it's a pug that looks like food. Please tell me, pizza pug, pizza pug, pizza pug. I like the sushi pug. Well, it's like. But they're all cute. Yeah. Anything but the hot dog. There, there's like a special one too. Maybe you got a special Yeah, there's one. a chase that we don't know what it is. But yeah, I'm seeing a taco, sushi, french fries, pizza. And a hot dog and mystery pug. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I know these existed. Now I'm about to buy a few more of these probably. Damn it. I'm so excited. All right. What is it? It's that magic blind box foil packaging. I love it. So noisy. Um, Where's the little tear tab? There it is. (laughs) Of course. Hot dog. Oh my god! But it's, it's so, cute. so cute. Oh my god! This is totally going home, and Todd's going to love it. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! I have to order more of these. These are so cute. This is Chub and Grub. Oh my god! <laughs> That's adorable. Here, I'm just gonna put that right here, and he can stare at you, and I'll stare at his butt. His little, butt's so cute. His little X for his a butthole. His little X hiney. Oh my god! That's so cute. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but there's more. What? There's more? Not Jesus. much more. Still. But. I love some me some prezzies. Tokidoki. <gasps> Hanzo Moki. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's a Hanzo sticker with a little dragon from Tokidoki. Yeah. Do you know what Tokidoki means in Japanese? No. It means either sometimes or maybe. I, I like Okay. But it's something uncertain. It's like, eh. Hmm. But yeah. Oh my god, this stuff so is cute. so cute. Seriously, he looks so like angry but adorable. I he I love that sticker. And I have the mercy one. I saw that one on your computer. It's so great. So cute. And then Well, thank you. Also for Alfredo. <gasps> oh man. Sombra. <gasps> oh my god. And I don't know if we know have a um a Genji. Who's a Genji main? Do you know, know one? Any, I don't know if a Genji I don't know Genji mains, but I know people Genji's who so fucking cute. Oh my god. So you bring that to work and give it to your Genji mate. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's amazing. The people will be excited. Yay. They better be. See. Well, if they're not. That's all good news. It's okay. I will get those records in time. It will happen. I appreciate you trying to get them for me. I did. I even waited in line. Oh, Jesus. You waited in line for the nothing? I feel bad now. Luckily, it wasn't that long. Oh, okay. It was maybe 15 minutes. Because everyone who got to the front was like, Do you have that? And they're like, No. Yeah, I was just listening to people talk about um, Overwatch, who they play in Overwatch in their mains. Mm. As I stood in line, I was like, oh, this is interesting. So it seemed very fast. Nice. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, not vinyls, but it's still cute. Yeah, well, (laughs) I mean, seriously, pug as food. I also. stickers. When uh, at a booth, a awesome Harry Potter movie magic book. Is that a pop-up book? It's not, but it's one of those, like. It looks almost like a pop-up has, book. Oh, it's like one of those scrapbooky kind of yeah, books. Yeah, it's like a scrapbook. It has like newspaper articles and like like some pop-up things and and um, it's really cute. Those have got to be these have to be so expensive to print. Oh, I bet. Just because, like, I mean, hell, just looking at pages, like, just 
but there's a sticker sheet in stickers. here. Stickers. It has like, like multiple sticker sheets. Every page has like spot varnish on it. Like not to go super deep in like nerd print qualities, but yeah, the fact that there's like a different finish across these two photos from the page, like huh. it's yeah. I mean, like this is not a cheap book to make. Yeah, that, that's neat. It's super cute. This is really cool. I had a so name. You won this. Yeah, the uh, booth was apparently giving him out, and Lauren, when the guy I went with, um, he was like, "Hey, do you know anything about Harry Potter?" I was like, "Does a chicken have a pecker?" Of course I know. <laughs> Does the Pope shit in the woods? Okay, yes, he do, he and do. yes, I do. So, and my question was, what are the three Deathly Hollows like? The three that, items that make up the Deathly Hollows. Is it the wand? Yes. The cloak? Yes. The snake? No. No, the ring? Nope. Sword? No. What the... Oh, I... wait, oh, wait. It's the thing. Yeah, so there's the, the, the wand. The cloak so, is the triangle. Mm-hmm. And then the circle. So it's the Elder Wand from Dumbledore. He mm-hmm. didn't own the Elder Wand. It's the Invisibility Cloak that Harry Potter wore. That's the triangle. The wand is the center. And then the circle is the... Is that hairy? <laughs> it's the hairy knuckle. No, what is, what is the circle? It's the sorcerer's stone. Oh, I forgot all about the sorcerer's stone. Yeah. Or philosopher's stone, or philosopher's if stone. you are in Europe. Yes. That's crazy. I had kn- I told you it's been a long time since I've clearly read that book or seen the movies. Yeah, I actually... Like, when I was put on the spot, the last one stumped me, and they were like... like this like this with a little circle like with their fingers like <laughs> yeah. I was like stone that's what it was I, I don't know why I flummoxed <laughs> well thank you for all the goodies yeah you're welcome um should we talk like E3 tr- what they previewed or is that for news you mean Comic Con no like all this stuff you said E3 oh my god where are we <laughs> it's like that was in June what month is Well, this? also, should we, should we talk about what we're up to and what we're playing and stuff before we get into news? Yes, let's do okay. that. Uh, have you been up to anything else, aside from Comic-Con? Uh, mm, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. I watched Game Night. Oh, what do you think of Game Night? Super cute. Isn't it fun? Yes. Like, it did kind of remind me of that movie I told you about, um, Get Smart. No, not Get Smart. That's what I said last time. Oh, the other one, date yeah. Date Night. Yeah, Date Night, yeah. Yeah. It reminded me of date night. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's a couple in a extraordinary circumstances, and maybe they don't even recognize how extraordinary they are. Um, it's, but it's so fun. silly. Like none of it could have actually happened, but you just were like, okay, yeah, it's I accept just, that. It's super fun, and it has like a lot of cool camera work in it. And yeah, um, yeah, and there's some lines like I don't know the the I the one phrase I kept seeing like in all the reviews and stuff about that movie were like the chemistry between Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams is really effective and I loved them as a couple. It's in this because movie. they were never mad at each other, but they were so competitive. Like, but it was really fun. To but watch. no matter how bad the situation was, like, oh, I shot you in the fucking arm. Yeah, he was never mad at her, and she was never mad at him. But she, you know, 
it was just silly, but in like a careful way. Well, and I love it even when like they're trying to be supportive and still having fun. In a supportive way, yeah. Because yeah, like at one point, like when they're driving up to this house, that's this amazing house. She's like, oh, who? What kind of single person rents a house this big? Like, oh, he must be compensating for something real pretty small. And it's Jason Bateman's brother. Pretty small. And he's just like, no, 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 no. I, I've seen his dick. It's pretty great. Like, oh my god! I, I missed that part. That line is like one of my favorite lines. No, no, no! I've seen his dick. It's pretty great. Oh my god! <laughs> I must have missed that. It's pretty good. It's when they're driving up to his brother's house. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, even I just... was posting Comic Con stuff at the ah. in the first like half hour of the movie, so I kind of missed some things. But I was on board. I I saw a lot. The movie's most... so fun. It's it was super cute. Yeah. Well, um, while you were out partying hardy at uh, Comic Con, I was doing a whole lot of nothing, which was nice. Um, nice. Uh, so Todd was out of town this last weekend because he was at the Portland Queer Comedy Festival. Oh right. And so while he was at that, uh, instead of going with him to Portland, which would have been fun, um, I was back in LA, and I was having my own fun, mostly just staying at home. Mm-hmm. Like Saturday. I literally left the house to, like, walk the dog, and I drove to get food in the morning. Other than that, I did Amazon Prime Now for groceries. I did Uber Eats for dinner. Like, I was not doing anything. It was kind of awesome. Um, but, so, apparently, yeah. uh, while that happened, I was, I was having, like, a little bit of a 90s movie palooza. Oh, my God. I'm always there. And wh- I always want a 90s movie palooza, but my, I like more of the 80s, but continue. Well, like, and it was, it was just strange, though, because, like, I hadn't really... Um, I couldn't put my finger on why I wanted to watch these movies, but I just, I had to. So, like, I grabbed Clueless because I fucking love that movie. Yeah. And that movie holds up so well. However, there's one thing I noticed that's kind of weird. Like, and it's a thing, like, when that movie came out. The Beverly Center was actually cool. <laughs> now, they, they go to the Westfield Pavilion. Oh, shit. That was actually cool. <laughs> uh, but no, like, uh, well, malls were cool. Which, Period. when's the last time malls were cool? <laughs> right. Uh, so, um, no, the weird thing is that, like, when that movie came out, um... I was, what when that, when was that movie, 94? Yes. So I was maybe 95. So I was like 11, maybe 12. I was in high school. And so at the time, Alicia Silverstone was older than me. Yeah. And therefore, in my head, it's like she's always going to be older than me, even though she's playing a high school student. She's like really old. Well, I don't think of her now <laughs> as like, you know, 40, playing a high school student. But yeah. like, but like in my head, Cher is not. 15 and so like actually even hearing the lines that's just she's 15 years old kind of weirded me out because it's a movie where i i always see Cher as sort of a aspirational to some degree kind of character like someone you look up to so i always see her as like a senior she's a fucking sophomore like, oh really but she's 15 i thought she was a senior too no, she's 15 well, she has her learner's permit i forgot it's yeah, like, been a long well, time there's a scene when like when she meets ty for the first time and she's like, how old are you, Ty? And she's like, I'll be 16 in May. And then Cher goes, all right, well, my birthday's in April. And as someone older, so it's like, cool. So she's about to turn 16 in April. Weird. Like, so that kind of weirded me out. And like, but um, the movie's fucking wonderful. And I love that movie so much. Um, it's oddly insightful, especially when she goes on her rant about like 90s high school boys and we're supposed to swoon. Like, it's so good. It's just so good. Um and so, like, the weird thing is, though, strange coincidence, as soon as I finished watching Clueless, uh, I was just, you know, I was fucking about on the Facebooks, and I saw a thing, and it was, like, a post from two days earlier, which I had not seen. It was, like, the 20th anniversary? It was, like, 
today clueless turns 23 years old and oh i was just my like god so i missed that by two days apparently but like it was just odd Still. like i watched it and then that article happened to sort of just serendipity crazy yeah well and then i was like i got this other urge to like kind of stick in the 90s and i think it was because of the game i was playing at the time but yeah. i was like I should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer because I hadn't seen that movie. Oh, uh, with Luke Perry? Yeah, I hadn't seen that movie and in Pee-wee Herman? probably like 17 years. That movie, by the way, is amazing. Is terrible. It's so good. It operates completely outside of reality. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it so makes it feels very much like a mid or like an early 90s. That one's like 92. Yeah. Um, that one feels like a very mid or early 90s approximation of what teenagers are like. Like, Buffy and her her friends completely operate outside of the realms of humanity in that Hillary Swank is a caricature of a person. And like the fact they use phrase like phrases like, you know, get out of my facial. It's very much like they were trying oh to get God, I remember that. It's like they were trying to make slang happen. It's 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 always cute when a, I used to say it. Well, it's always cute when like a, a high school setting movie tries to create slang. It's like how uh, disturbing behavior tried to make razor happen. Like, if something was cool, they're like, sounds razor. It you lost was, me. Yeah, well, no one needed that remake of The Stepford Wives anyway. It's never going to happen, Gretchen. Yes, quit trying to make Fetch happen. It'd be yeah. like if Fetch happened. Uh, and so, um, anyway, it was just funny watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, and it was like, oh my god, this movie is awful. And it's like, it's really short. It's 85 minutes with the credits. But that's how long a lot of movies were back then. I know, it's then. like back in the day, 90 was like your standard. And it, it's, I didn't realize that, like, I watched the featurette on it after it was done, because I was like, well, that was super short, and, like, it was bad. And, like, I'll watch this 10-minute thing about it. Was it bad in a good way or bad in a really bad oh, way? Oh, it was enjoyable. I had a great time. Yeah. Paul Rubens is fucking perfect yeah. in it. But, like, it's pretty bad. Like, objectively bad. But you can kind of enjoy it as, like, this weird novelty now. And especially, like, I mentioned it at work to people, and everyone's like, there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Oh my god. I work with a bunch of children. And I was just like, yeah. And they were like, wait, like before or after? Like, Oh it, my they, god. They were like, is it Sarah Michelle Gellar still? And I was like, <gasps> oh my god. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, the, oh god. I was like, no. Like, the movie predates the show by like what? four years. Yeah. And it stars no one from the series. And they were like, huh? And I was like, it's Christy Swanson and Luke Perry and Donald, Donald Sutherland and Rutger Hauer and Paul Rubens and yes. Hillary Swank. Like, it's just so, David Arquette. It's like a mismatch of... Yeah, it's so yeah, not the show. It's a Motley crew. And so, like, communicating that to them was really kind of funny. <laughs> where I was just like... Who the heck is that young? Well, don't... don't... We, won't, we won't name names. No. But uh, they know who they are, and if they listen, they, they, know, they know who they are. Um, but no, like, well, I work with a lot of people who are just shy of 30. Well, I love it when people don't know who Madonna is from, like, when she had, like, short blonde hair and a mole that stood out. Oh, from, like, the Who's That Girl era? Who's That Girl, Dick Tracy. Oh, God, yeah. They don't know who Breathless Mahoney is. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, it's funny, because, yeah, Dick Tracy, like, I do not like that movie, but I can recognize it was probably one of the best comic book to movie adaptations ever. They did such a good job with all the villains, and, like, they captured the, the look I love comic that movie. book so well. I don't like it just as a mystery. Like, I didn't like oh, it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's Disney it's... rocked the style of that. Yeah. Exactly as it needed to be done. I, so, I was obsessed. Mad respect. Plus, uh, I'm Breathless by Madonna is a great album. 
Oh, it's so good. The whole it's thing like is good. Old standards. Yeah. Like going bananas is a little stupid, but yeah, like the stupid. but the rest of the album is pretty solid. More and hanky panky. Mm-hmm. Don't even started. Right. So good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, um, we bonded. Anyway, so yeah, '90s movie Palooza at my house. Uh, Clueless and Buffy. Todd was out of town. Um, I was traveling for work for one day. Uh, went to San Francisco. That was fun. Cute. Um, and uh, I've been watching the new season of So You Think You Can Dance. I fucking love that show. I've never seen it. It is so good. Like, it's the kind of reality TV I can handle where it's like literally an hour of your week where you're watching people be awesome at something. There's no drama. It's like they show a two-minute B-roll clip of them learning the routine, saying like, oh my god, I don't know if I can do this lift. And then... They cut to the stage. They perform a two-minute dance number. I fast-forward through the judges because I don't care what they have to say. And then people who really care vote on who goes home. There's no drama. It's just watching a bunch of people be fucking awesome at what they do. It's so cool. And like, and the dance numbers are really awesome. And I've discovered some new bands that way that I've liked. And nice. um, it's always really fun to watch. Um, yeah, sounds really cool. Yeah, and then... um. Trying to think what else has happened. Is uh, it like um, like um, remember that British one with the X's? Oh, like America's Got Talent. Yeah. Uh, or Britain's Got Talent. Okay, yeah, America. It's, had it's not it like too. that. It's it's more of like th- what they do is like they do auditions, and they uh, you typically get it down to this season's a little different. Is it but, groups or one person? Uh, they 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 will audition pairs if they're like a ballroom pair, but they will split them up. Okay. Um, and so it's a show where like it's ten typically it's ten guys, ten girls after the audition process that make it into the final live shows. And then from there, they will either pair them with an all-star, which is like, you know, a dancer from a previous season who's like a professional now. Yeah. So they either pair them with, with an all-star or they'll pair them with each other. And at the end of every episode, they don't do this on camera. They'll draw a style basically out of a hat. And that's the style they have to learn for next week. And so like, if you're a hip hop dancer and you drew Viennese waltz, that's what you're fucking learning for next week. Oh my god. And so like and typically every week they'll make them do like a solo in their style and whatever style they they chose and then from there then they do votes and who least popular goes home and at the end you get the the prize. I think I'm guessing there must be money, but like uh you get the title of America's favorite dancer. It's made a lot of I mean I can name at least a handful of people who've gone on to really great gigs from it. Mark Kanemura, do you know him? He's uh he did a bunch of of uh videos on his Twitter for Pride Month where he was like um pulling wigs off. Oh, I know that, who he is. Yeah. Like yeah, hot yeah, Asian yeah. guy, a uh, Hawaiian. I think yeah, he's Hawaiian Asian guy. Mix maybe. I think so. Um yeah. and he's stunning and um he yeah did all these like sort of pride videos where he's, he's wearing so sassy oh he's super fun and um he was a dancer for gaga for years oh i knew that yeah like he he but he was a so you think you can dance alum i just didn't know his name but i know who he is but he was on so you think you can dance first wow and then he got picked up by gaga and um was it uh there's another one um she came in second a couple seasons ago her name is jasmine she's very tall she has legs that go all the way to the floor uh so do i that's nutty. You have that in common. Yeah. Um, she wa- uh, she became uh, one of Beyonce's dancers when um, – pre- I think she still is. Is she trans? No. Oh. Um, but, like, she uh, – I think her name is – I can't remember what her name is now. Or It's Jasmine something. Um, but, like, she uh, – I think the first time she became a dancer for Beyonce was for the music video for um, Formation. Mm-hmm. And Was that the song? Formation? The information. Yeah, I'm trying to think if that was the name of the song. 
I think it was. But there is put a ring on it. Da, 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 no, da, da, da. She was not part of Single Ladies. Um, um, but yeah, she was part of... Single Ladies had a trans dancer. Did it? Because that only had three people. It was her and two dancers. Yeah, the, one of the two dancers is trans. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, I love that video. It's so simple and wonderful. Um, but yeah, so like... Uh, yeah, it's it's made careers. It's it's a really fun show, and I recommend watching it if you are in any way curious because it's very fun. I'm thinking I have seen bits of it, and I I all I never want to sit down and watch a show like that, but if it catches me, I will sit down, and I will not be able to, you know, I have to see the whole thing. Like, this is season fifteen, I think, and I've probably watched I think eight of the seasons. Like, because the problem is they tend to put seasons too close to each other, where it's like. I just accepted this person as America's favorite dancer. Don't replace them so fucking quickly. I can't accept another. Yeah, I, I only got room. Year. I have room for one reigning champ in my head per year. Um, but it's really fun to watch, though. And uh, but yeah, anyway, it's like big fan. As RuPaul says in um, Tu Wong Fu, it's time to crown the next drag queen of the year. And as we know, as she goes, it's like, queendom is only good for one year or something like that it's so good <laughs> well fuck what's the line it's been a while and even though i've seen it a hundred times damn it i fucked that up but yeah and not to be like a shameless name dropper but like todd's had a pretty good run the last couple of days uh last night he did a show called hot tub at the virgil which is hosted by Kristen shawl the voice of louise from bob's burgers oh, um yeah. she's also hazel was her name in uh 30 rock um and her co-host is i think his name is kurt bronger I could be wrong. I'm not sure. His name's Kurt. He's very funny also, but I don't know his name. Okay. Um, but like Todd was there. He was the one boy on the show. Um, the first comic was a woman who was on like season two or three of Silicon Valley. Um, and uh, the the headliner was Nicole Byer, the host of Nailed It. Nailed It. She is so funny. So that was exciting. I got to go to that show yesterday. Do and you think then, it's her delivery is funny or is she actually what she's saying funny too? Sh- both. Like, okay. yeah, her delivery is great, but, like, she's a funny woman. Okay, Like, good. she's awesome. Um, and then, um, and tonight, I came straight here from a party. Hey, party um, girl. So, a uh, drag queen friend of ours, Jackie Beat. Yes. Was Jackie's birthday tonight. Nice. And Happy so, birthday. Um, like, uh, so, her buddy, Mario. Does she listen to the podcast? She does not. Why? I don't you think. You have influence. I don't think she cares. Oh, she do. She a bitch. She knows no, it I too. know. She, I remember she was shopping at Nordstrom one day when I worked there back in the day. And she goes, she called me like some awful name. Jesus. And she says, you're, and then she goes, it's because you're too pretty. And then she walked away. I That's was like, Jackie's style. Like she'll compliment you while being an asshole. I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's Jackie in a nutshell. <laughs> Fun fact, Jackie's uh, cake yeah. uh, said, everyone hates you on it. So good. Mario knows her well. It should have said, put your damn phones away. <laughs> oh, she'll slap a bitch if they oh, take their phone out. Jackie scares me so much. <laughs> and like, I always refer to Jackie as she just because I, my, most of my experience with Jackie is Jackie in drag. Yeah. And so um, I sort of just go with that. And so all, and the fact that we always call him Jackie, uh-huh. just so like the pronouns get super mixed up in my head all the time with Jackie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh but yeah so jackie's birthday mario threw a party and like lots of people there that like even you knew like there was a uh, you know um oh my god now i can't think of the name uh, calpurnia was oh, there i love calpurnia and um and of course like nadia ginsburg who's a really funny comic in la i'm gonna plug her podcast really fast you it's should. called afternooner 
and it's with Calpurnia and Alec Mappa, and they do a fun. Oh wait, no, she was that her co-host was Alec. Yeah, I they do a fun um, comedy podcast together. We need to do a crossover episode because I fucking love both of them. Okay. Um, and uh, who else was there? Like, oh, Alaska Thunderfuck was there, um, whom I had never met before. Sweet Willem was nice. there, um, whom I met before, but of course Willem forgot me because uh, I'm forgettable. It was years ago, and okay. Willem meets a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, 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 a lot of people, and I think he'll be the first to admit that he's kind of ditzy. Uh, I'll be the second to admit that. For him. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So um, you know, that's what I've been up to, like being, I guess, a social butterfly as much as I've been. I mean, that's... kicking and screaming, trying to avoid it because I, I was gonna know... say that's more action than you've had all year. Well, it's crazy. Like I don't know. I feel like I I was actually saying this to Todd even because he he like I planned on coming like to this straight from work to this podcast yeah not going to this party and i was like it's tuesday night do i have to and he was just like i kind of want you there and i was like okay but it's weird like i realized like i i don't think anyone would typically describe me as antisocial, but i feel like in the last couple of like years i've sort of developed a little bit of social anxiety where i just don't want to do stuff once i'm there i'm fine it's called age but like getting there is a fucking Sure. It's because we no longer want to be outside our comfort zone. And any instance where we might be put on the spot and have to, like, perform. Which, that was a party full of performers, and they never turn off. Never. Yeah. When you have to perform with performers, yeah, you're like, I'd rather just stay home and comfortable. Seriously, like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I perform, I guess, at work, and I perform here, but I'm not, like, a stand-up who's always on. It's different. And, yeah, like, even talking to Jackie, like... Everything you say, she will flip around into some sort of insult or joke or both at you. And, like, you can either sort of just go, like, eh, 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 and walk away. Or you can try to keep up or with her. Or you throw it back at which her. Which is fucking exhausting. Oh, trust Even me. Even watching Todd and her go back and forth, I'm exhausted. I'm, like, ready to leave. I know plenty of those people. It's a thing. It's a thing. So, all right. Yeah. What, what are you playing? Did you play anything while you were at Comic- Or, you know, since you've been Comic-Conning it up? Well, I'm not even going to talk about freaking Overwatch because... It ain't happening with me in that game. But I did play Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. How is that? It is so freaking cute. So I have that on my Xbox. I haven't played it yet, though. I hadn't touched it. Miguel came over the day I was supposed to leave for Comic-Con because he was out for a run. And he just showed up at my door while I was packing and getting ready. And then the fucking storm came down. And we had a, a rain downfall here with thunderstorms and everything. Oh, God. Remember? That was so sudden. Yeah. So I was like, well, I can't fucking leave now. It's thundering and lightning and the whole bit. So we're like, let's just play video games and drink. So we had like some beers. And we started playing, uh, yeah, this game because... He didn't want to play Bro Force, which I love, and he wanted a two-player game. So, and we didn't know how to turn on the switch because I've ever never actually turned <laughs> it on. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's I probably easier just erased, than you think. I probably just erased all of Steven's games. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, we played it, and it's really cute. Um, basically, you're little animals, and you're the the story is the world, the universe is filled with love. And all these different universes are connected by this love. And they're basically discovered a machine that can reproduce love. But then something happens and it breaks. And then the hatred comes out. And so the hatred like breaks everything apart. So you're trying to like gather the pieces and bring it all back together. That sounds like me every day. It's life. Yeah. It's a metaphor. And so you're these little um, creatures and you're in a spacecraft. It's a 2D 
Um, and the animation's super cute. It's very like neon retro looking like almost like a neon sign kind of and basically two or maybe maybe you could have up to four players i don't know you maneuver the spaceship and fly it around and shoot bad guys and and it's it's a puzzle because you have to run around the spaceship and perform different operations in order to succeed there's a map like there's one portion it's a map there's one portion that you steer the ship there's one portion where you fire there's one portion where you can be the shields there's one portion so they each have different functions and you have to kind of like jump around this thing anyhow it was really fun the soundtrack is dope you will love it nice and um yes i would say it used to be free it's now on switch i think it's like five bucks i got it for free i think with Xbox PS10. Live Gold and PlayStation Plus. It might be on both platforms now. Yeah, and I got it for free for PSN also. So nice. Yeah. Well, um, what are you I, playing? I played like on my my work trip. Actually, I finished the first episode and the first half of the second episode of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. That game is still a fucking delight. You love it. It's just so. It's. This is not a word I use very often. No. It is, darling. Ew. It is, Rob. it is honestly like one of the cutest, most genuine, pure experiences I can imagine as a game. I guess I'm going to have to play it. It's wonderful. Like, and Toad is super cute. Toadette is super cute. They're equally capable. Somebody famous at... We'll get into that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who they are, though. We'll get into that. Uh, so, um, anyway, so that I played, like, one half episodes of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on the Switch. Don't you brandish that pug butt at me. It's so cute. Uh, and um, I actually finished <laughs> Vampire for PS4. Oh, yeah. Oh, already. Game number 21 is completed for the year. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and, um, I don't know, it's weird, like, I definitely feel like all of my complaints still stand. Combat, not great. A lot of its other ideas, really cool, really compelling, but the game itself kind of can't get out of its own way at times, and, like, after I was done, after I'm done with the game, I often, like, looking at the reviews, just sort of see where I kind of land compared to a lot of periodicals I read, because it helps me kind of better meter who I want to trust for reviews. Yeah, and um, there was one review that was kind of mean, but it was actually pretty accurate. Where they were like, um, "If anything, Vampire proves that um, games can suck. <laughs> <laughs> it, it proves that the the people at Don't Nod, um, like, or it just reaffirms the people at Don't Nod have a really great sort of narrative idea because they do Life is Strange, they did Remember Me, then they did this, and they were like, "This is just proof that a lot of times." Their narratives are really great, but their game mechanics are the things that are dragging them down. And like the, what they said, I mean, this is a little mean, but they were like, Vampire proves that with their most ambitious game, they have actually made their worst. Oh, wow. Which, and that was a bold kind of mean thing to say. I, I don't, don't know if that's mean, but it, it's just, it's critical. It's very critical. And the thing is, it's also, it's so, it's so positive in a way. And it's just like, I feel like if their combat had made more sense, the game would have been really, really something special. Um, and everything between the combat, I really liked. And so um, I'm not unhappy I finished it at all. Uh, I'm glad I experienced it. Um, and, you know, since you got to take the good, take the bad. My biggest problem with it, actually, is... So, like, the, I think mean, we talked about before, like, the NPCs, they have various hints. So, like, when you meet somebody, they have, like, 2,000 XP. But they have, like, five hints that are 
obscured. And if you talk to other people or discover things about that person, those hints will get filled in and you'll learn like, oh, this person cheats on their wife. This person lost a patient. Uh, they're a doctor and they lost a you patient the because they were uh, too tired and they made a mistake. Gotcha. Like, so you're going to learn these things. You can talk to them and sort of make them a richer NPC to talk to. And as you do so, as you uncover their hints, their XP value goes up. And so then the whole idea is you're you're basically fattening them up. Because then if you were to embrace them, which is the phrase for draining them of blood and killing them, you actually get the XP that they were worth. Oh. And that's the fastest way to level up. That reminds me of Stardust. Remember? Have I you haven't seen, seen it. Oh, girl. I know. It's oh, on the it's list. I've so heard such good things. Good. Well, Michelle Pfeiffer plays a witch, and she's one of three sisters who are trying to steal the heart of the star so they can become young again. Mm. But the only reason to like absorb the true power of the star is to make sure the star is happy before they cut it out of her. See, like, yeah, you're just making these people better, like you're enriching them as people before you kill them. Yes. And like, you can survive the game, or you can beat the game without killing anybody. Or without, you know, at least vampire, like, in a interaction with somebody doing it like in combat you can bite people all you want but like the npcs you're not supposed to bite them unless you want to kill them and uh and so i didn't realize this and when i started playing the game like within like one hour i was presented with somebody and like oh by the way when you kill somebody uh it affects the whole city or it affects that region of the city and like the health of that district will drop and especially if oh, then vermin and rats come in well, and plagues. just more enemies show up, it gotcha. gets harder. And like, but then the idea though is like, you know, um, when you meet people, you'll see like, oh, their social circle is this person or these two people. And so often I think if you kill somebody, then everyone they're connected to will get like weirded out and they'll go missing or they'll maybe, I don't know, they'll stir some shit up. Yeah. You're, you're presented with a drunk asshole, like a belligerent asshole as like the first NPC you meet. And it pretty much says, like, hey, you can totally kill this guy if you want. And I was like, let's do it. He has no connections to anyone. He's a lone wolf. He's an asshole. He's drunk. He's the fucking mayor, isn't he? <laughs> no. He's, like, he's drunk and kind of useless. Let's kill him. So I bit him and took his XP and killed him. And it turns out, uh, I, from that one moment, one hour into the game... Ruined my chances of getting the best ending. I looked it up. There are four endings. One of them is if you kill nobody. One's if you. The next one's if you kill a handful of people. One's if you kill a bunch of people. And the last if you one, kill this the last particular person. The last one's if if like you kind of killed everybody you encountered, and all districts are thrown into chaos of the game. And I was like, well, I'm never gonna do that one. But like, I ended up with the second best ending, which is not bad. But like, if I'd known, like, it's like a, when you play a free to play game. Often the first time that you have to speed up. Uh, process using their free you know their their currency oftentimes the the first one's free because they want you like for the tutorial they don't want me they want you to wait a minute they They'll want you say to say if you keep doing this bad things will happen well, there's like you know hit it and speed it up and you can go and it's at no cost to you for the first couple usually in most free-to-play mobile games and so i figured it was that he was a freebie he was just you know cattle might as well just eat him. Yeah. And uh, I was wrong. It completely ruined my chance for an ending. And I just, I hate that all or nothing kind of quality to some games. Well, how could you play a vampire game and not ever bite someone? Well, you bite people in combat to refill your blood meter, which is what you no, do to your special No, vampires moves. prey on the innocent. Well, and this is the thing where, like, weak. yeah, it becomes a much more, like, intimate moment. And the thing is, I never kill anybody else in the whole game. I just... I would eat everyone. I'm like, um, Kristen so you get the Dunst. bad ending. I just want to bite everyone. <laughs> so you get the bad ending. 
Um, yeah, I wish I'd known. Or is it the great ending? Yeah, I wish I'd known before, you know, Ouch. I committed to killing that guy. I'm um, sorry. It's okay. You should know not to kill people. But now, so I'm trying to figure out what to play next. Um, I'm thinking... Flowers uh, in a Dangerous Space Time. That sounds like a good one. I was also thinking getting back into Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. I need to pay oct- play Octopath Traveler. And um, also, uh, one of the owners of my company actually loves the game... Um, uh, it's either Kingdom Come Deliverance or Deliverance Kingdom Come. I think it's Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, oh, that's the... From Warhorse Studios. It's like a super hard sim yes. RPG type. It just came out last year or this year? This year. A couple months ago. He loved you it. You know, I read an article from the people who did... Oh, the um, director ahead of um, God of War. Yeah. Corey and Barlog. Sometimes they let the... Yeah, sometimes they let them go, oh, what are your favorite games of the year? Mm. And he said that one you just said. People who play it fucking love it, apparently. Because he's like, this is a game that's really awesome, but the fact that it was even made is incredible because of what how it plays and what it is in the story and the involvement and everything that goes into it. It's And it's right here, it's like zero hand-holding. And they even added a new hardcore mode, which makes it insane really hard like there's no more quick save you can only save by going to particular locations now and like you can only you know regenerate health by doing like a potion or this like sleeping won't won't recharge you it's like a lot of shit like the witcher same way totally if if you're a hard mode you cannot meditate and gain your life back you have to make all your potions and especially if you're a first-time player that's fucking impossible because you oh, yeah. have no idea what you're doing. Oh, and I think hardcore mode has no fast travel. Like, there's a lot of stuff it just takes from you, and it's like, oh, man. So, anyway. Yeah, fast travel, that would be rough. <laughs> so, I'm considering playing Kingdom Come not in hardcore mode. I'm not a monster. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that's what I'm playing right now. Um, because I always talk about this here. Uh, in backward compatibility news, today they announced on Xbox Live, or on Xbox, uh... The Xbox One is now backward compatible to the Silent Hill collection, which I believe is Silent Hills 2 and 3, which I hear, though, those ports are broken. And Silent Hill Homecoming, which is sort of a bastard stepchild of the Silent Hill series. But gotta say it, at least there's, what, three new Silent Hill games you can play on the Xbox One. So I thought that was noteworthy. And I looked up the PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold games for next month, and uh, they are both not listed yet. Really? Yeah, they'll probably be listed tomorrow when this episode goes up, because that's always how it happens. Huh. Okay. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, Steven yes. got an SNES, or NES Classic Mazel system. So we haven't even opened it. It's still in the box. Well, next step is getting a second controller and controller extension yeah, cables. We're like, we need the extensions, because oh. they're like sitting in front of the TV. They're like three feet long. They're yeah. very short. They're for very tiny hand well if anything what you could do actually would be easier at this point would be to get a long hdmi cable and just put the console in the middle of the table so you're just close to it oh smart Mm-hmm. that's why uh, they pay me the big bucks okay um anyway so is it time for us to learn um yes yes we can learn now we should learn so the word of the week 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 so week is Vogi. Vogi? Yeah. V O G U E Y? V O G I E. Oh, not as fun. Um, Vogi. I'm guessing it's a noun. Nope. All right, then. Is it an adjective? Yes. All right, so if something were to be Vogi, um, I, let's, let's, let's go with fashionable. No. 
But what is it then? I'm sure people who are fashionable are both. I would be striking a posy if I was Vogue. Well, you'd be conceited and oh. proud. Oh, all right. That it's worth, you know, striking a pose if yes. you're Vogue. Yes. I wonder if that's actually where Vogue got its thing from, or like where it's like a confidence kind Probably, of uh, thing. Well, Vogue. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because also just like the dance, voguing is a b- lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's about framing that fashion. Yes, baby. Frame it. Get it in there. Um, nice. Yeah. Vogue. Vogue. I like it. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, it's time for the Vinyl Frontier. The Vinyl Frontier. Thank you for that. Um, so my Shadow of the Colossus vinyl arrived from I Am 8-Bit, which I was super excited about because that's a great soundtrack. And it's a gorgeous trifold package. It's real nice. Oh, sweet. Um, three, three records? Two discs. Or just trifold. Two. But trifold, gotcha. Two discs. Um, and it's beautiful. I call it records. A records. Is that weird? Do people no, call I, them records? I call them records. Yeah, Is I, think it... I, I refer to the format as vinyl, but if you're talking about the discs, I will refer to them as records. Ah, uh, gotcha. But yeah, vinyl's a, a bigger sort of, it's just like my music collection on record, like on LPs, uh-huh. is my vinyl collection. But like, yeah, if, if the, you're taking out something from the package and putting it on the platter... That you're putting a record on it. You're not putting a vinyl on it. No, you're putting a gotcha. record on it. That's Good the way, to know. That's the, way, like, that's the way I do it anyway. There are no hard There's no rules, rules, but yeah, and te- that works for me. And technically, I think even like, I mean, it is actually vinyl, a bit, but I was thinking like, I think for a while, like maybe it wasn't even really vinyl they were making vinyl records out of, but I think like it is. plastic. Yeah. It was Some just sort of plastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, Plant-based plastic. So today, <laughs> I'm 8-Bit announced uh, the soundtrack to Framed 2, which is awesome. I love frame, Framed 1, so uh, grabbed that one. And then um, last week on Thursday, while I was out of town for work, Mondo announced they were doing the soundtrack to Spider-Man for the PS4. Oh, cool. So I grabbed that as well. Um, don't know when those will ship, but I've, I've ordered them. Very nice. Um, anyway, so... Uh, that's oh, the vinyl well, frontier. I am glad you stopped right there, Rob, because do you know what? What? You just got yourself stuck in Comic Con traffic. <laughs> Whoa. Did we just get sleazy? No, that was like superhero. Mm. Like bouncing up. Oh, okay. I don't know. Whatever. It it's sounds nothing. vaguely 70s porny. I like that too. That probably is even better. So. This week on the Graphic Jam is a book that I didn't purchase, first of all. You stole it? I didn't steal it. It was handed to me by a thief. The creators of this <laughs> um, series called Niobe. And I was at Comic Con and I was just perusing the aisles. And as they do, if you go to Comic Con, you're used to this, but people will like summon you over to talk to you about. They're books because a lot of them are independent um, publications. So the words is not out. It's not like image where every it's blasted everywhere. So Niobe is um, by Stranger Comics. And it's about this. I guess she's a teen. Um, it's hard to tell her age, but she's a very beautiful um, mixed woman. Half I'm guessing she's half black, half white or half. I'm not sure, half Native American, maybe. And um, 
she's going on this journey. She's trying to figure out what's going on. Apparently, her father is the king, and he's an overlord and an asshole. And she's trying to escape his men in order to free herself from his bonds, basically. And in order to, like, discover the bigger picture of what she's in this world to do. Like, there's a, there's a bigger picture. I've only read the first episode. They um have a whole bunch. It's like a whole series. And there's a lot of um, episodes. There's a lot of compend... There's, I think, three trades. I don't know. It's beautifully drawn. Oh, sorry. I didn't even say who it's by. It's by... um. Amanda Stein or Stenberg and Sebastian A. Jones. I think Sebastian signed this one and also um this is Daryl May who does layouts. He signed this as well for me because they were both there. But it's it's beautiful. And so I look like super detailed, especially compared to that that uh oh, that Frank sh- Miller one from last time. DC, that Frank Miller? D- yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the Master that, that Race. Master Race. That was this is beautifully done, and yeah. so next time I go, I'm going to buy one of the big books because they're Jesus, only like that is beautiful. I oh god, dude, the boys in there are so sexy. So um, yeah, I'm very excited. Like they they caught me, and for and it kind of gives it kind of looks like Princess Mononoke kind of like fantasy. So I'm a little bummed I didn't go back, but I didn't have time to read it while I was at the con, even though it took like ten minutes to read it. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's called Niobe. If you um happen to buy it, if you're curious, just plug us because say, hey, we discovered it at Comic-Con and we went by the booth and like we're giving them a shout out. Why not? Nice. Um, And yeah, so that's Graphic Gem. Oh, and also there is, I have not read this one, but I, uh, um, the, what's that restaurant called? Sp- Old Spaghetti Factory? Uh, I sat next to the creators of this one, and it's called Angela and the Dark. And um, it's on Comixology and Comic Central, and you can also buy hard copy, but it's I, it's some, like, disjointed future where this girl's trying to, like, make shit happen, but the art is also very stunning, and I'm very curious about this one as well. Yeah, it looks like a cool future sort of setting that I would actually be into. Kind of like uh, Cyberpunk 2077. It looks kind of cyberpunky, kind of Blade Runner-y. Yeah. But a little more... Afrocentric. Yeah, well, that's actually... Because, yeah, Blade Runner's so... White. Like, very <laughs> Asian-centric, too, with its oh, design. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But yeah, having, yeah. like, an Afrocentric kind of angle on the future is pretty cool. Yeah, so... um And the... The two I met, one was F, one he's black, and then the other guy was I think Mexican. So they have a diverse. They're both men though, but I'm I'm guessing they have a diverse group of people working on this one because it's it looks beautiful. So, anyhow, that's my plug for those two, and that's Graphic Jam. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, um, newsy stuff. Um, I can move some. I have fast. a ton of news. Well, I can move. Fa- I have also have a ton. I can move fast on like. A handful really fast to get them out of the way right now. I kind of want to go through all of the trailers, like the major ones. We're going to have to wipe this card and uh, do but a second half of this Should thing. we do it right now? We can. How much time do you have on the thing? We have 29 minutes remaining. Okay, let's just keep going then. Yeah? All right. Cool. Um, so, real quick, uh, yeah. I'll just do two things really fast. Go for it. Uh, release dates. 
of note that just got announced. Guacamelee 2, which Guacamelee 1 was super fun. Guacamelee 2 getting released August 21st. Exciting. Nice. Um, it's actually a good couch co-op game, too. Um, I had to have Todd help me on the final bosses of Guacamelee 1, and we had a good time. Sweet. Um, all right, next. Uh, um, the Call of Cthulhu remake game comes out. Well, oh, you don't have to rush because oh. I think we'll just do this in two parts. Yeah. I'll do part one, and then I think we should do the second part, um, like the Comic-Con like trailers and stuff. And then we can also talk. I have a ton of news and oh, Overwatch okay. stuff. There's a bunch of stuff still. Right. Well, so I had two Overwatch things to mention also. Um, so uh, Call of Cthulhu, that horror game remake. Yeah. Coming out the day before Halloween. Ooh, scary. Spoopy. It's spoopy. It's so scary. Right. Um so those are the two like release date things I had um that were which were super fast. Uh and then um should we talk about Overwatch updates? I got two of them and I'm guessing one of those might be one that you're going to say. So what what do you have for Overwatch? I think we should go to part 2. Oh, should we stop? Yeah. Okay. Oh wait, before you have you stopped? No. So that was the first half of this episode. Part one. So now we're going to do part two, which we're going to discuss all of the rest of the news, all the new stuff coming out, and all of the trailers that they launched at Comic-Con. So stay tuned for part two. Ooh. So bye-bye for now? Bye-bye for the second, because they're both going to be launching you at the same Chowsies time. for now? Chowsies for nowsies. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>